0: we we'll are your Bibles to Revelation chapter 12. We're continuing, of course, our study of these end-time events, and we're seeing the revelation, as we call it. Here's this revelation that Jesus gave to John, and John gave to the seven churches, and then it's all written down, of course, put in the scripture for us, and so we have it. Uh, we're continuing to look at that time period that we call the tribulation. It's that seven-year time period in which God brings judgment and then restoration to the world, and of course, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He will return and rule in righteousness and justice. I just want to remind you of where we are here. Jesus died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again, and ascended into heaven. He's there now, seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father. Uh, we're in the church age. The next event, Jesus comes in the clouds and we, the church, are taken off the face of the earth to be with Him. Then there's going to be uh, just a, a, a wild time. In fact, there'll be a ten king federation coming from that. will be one man who will take over. We call him the Antichrist. The Bible calls him the beast. And he makes a peace pact with Israel, the nation of Israel, and that starts a seven year peace pact and of course at the beginning there's uh peace and then war and then famine and then death and then about halfway through the Antichrist claims to be God puts his idol up in the temple and then the rest of the tribulation that last three and a half years is all kind of different things we've been seeing it in the book of Revelation and then Jesus Christ comes back that's going to be Revelation chapter 19 beginning at verse 11 and he comes back and sets up a kingdom as Revelation chapter 20 and then there's a great white throne judgment and then eternity which is chapters 21 and 22 and so this is where we are, and we're looking at this time period, and it's a little bit, uh, it's, and there's so much there. In fact, as we look this morning, we're going to see... Uh, three War in three places. War on the earth, war in heaven, war on the earth. And what we're seeing, again, is this dragon is going to persecute the Messiah and the nation of Israel. And that's what we're seeing in Revelation. But we also realize that that's Satan, and he persecutes us. In fact, uh, he's the prince of the power of the air, and he has control over this fallen world system. He's like a roaring lion who seeks that he may devour. We already know this, that Second Timothy 3.12 says, All who live godly will be persecuted when you stand for Jesus Christ in a fallen world. World, and that's what happens and so we're going to look at chapter 12 remember that uh, we saw back uh, the seven seal judgments and the seven seal judgments was an overview of the tribulation and so if you said to yourself i'd like to just get a big overview of the tribulation revelation chapter 6 gives that overview also if you want to let's look at matthew chapter 24 jesus gives the overview there of the tribulation and then we found out that there were seven seals which took the whole thing then there were seven seven trumpets and seven trumpets basically told the last three and a half years and the seven seals ends when jesus comes the seven trumpets ends when jesus comes and we're going to find that there's seven bowl judgments to come we hadn't got to them yet and with the end of the bowl judgments jesus comes so you see they all flow together to the end times when jesus comes back as the king of kings and the lord of lords and so we're going to see all that as we go through it and there's just just so much there now let me start with this when when you hear the term of the word Holocaust. What comes to your mind? Do you see older Jewish men and women who were suffering? And they basically said, my parents were killed, my grandparents were killed, my brothers and sisters were killed during the Holocaust. Do you picture the death camps where six million Jews were systematically put to death because they were Jewish, because they were God's chosen people? Do you wonder sometimes why it seems that the Jewish nation... Is always the one to suffer. In Jerusalem, there's a memorial called the Yad Vashem, which is the, is the remembrance of the Holocaust. And there's a prayer that says, "May it never happen again." But the sad truth is, during the time of the Great Tribulation, the Antichrist is going to be controlled by the dragon, which is Satan. And he's going to go after the nation of Israel again. Satan has always sought to destroy the Messiah, always sought to destroy the nation of Israel. And we'll see that as we go through our passage, and we'll talk about it. This is the chart that I put up just a while ago. Just remind you that this is where we're dealing with this time period right here. I mentioned that Revelation chapter 6 has the seven seal judgments, the big overview of the tribulation. Then the seven trumpet judgments give us the details of the last three and a half years of the tribulation. And so that's where we are. I want to remind you that halfway through the tribulation, Antichrist claims to be God, puts his idol up in the temple in Jerusalem, and then begins to persecute the Jewish people and anyone that doesn't take the mark of the beast. And we'll see that as we go through it. The book has seven all through it: seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets. We're going to see what I call seven key people, seven bowls, and seven last things. We've seen so much all the way through. In fact, as we get into chapter 12, we're going to see the seven key, I call them seven key people, but what they really are, there's a woman, she represents Israel, there's a child, that's Christ, there's a dragon, that's Satan, there's Michael, the archangel, that's a remnant, which is the nation of Israel, there's the beast that rises up out of the sea, that's the Antichrist, there's another beast that rises up out of the ground, and he's called the false prophet. So those are the seven, and in this chapter and in the next chapter, we'll see those seven and how they fit together. We'll see some of them this morning. As we break down the passage... Uh, we're gonna see war on earth, that's the first six verses. War in heaven, that's seven through twelve, and that's where we're gonna start, stop this morning, and then we'll go back and see war on the earth, which is the last part, and we'll get some, we'll start seeing that next week. So look at chapter 12 as we, we touched on this right at the end of the message last week. Just gave you a quick review, quick overview of what's about to happen here. And so just remember that there's been seven seals, which basically take you through the whole tribulation. There's been seven trumpets which take you through the last part of the tribulation. And there's an interval here. There's, it just stops and it talks about two witnesses, it talks about an angel in a book. And now it's going to talk about the woman and the dragon and the male child and all of those kind of things. And we'll see how it ties together so let's start chapter 12 verse 1 says a great sign appeared in heaven a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of of twelve stars, so it starts off with a great sign. The reason I put miracle is because the word for sign means something miraculous, something that's just amazing. And so there was this great sign and miracle. And we don't know exactly, but he saw a woman. This is John. He looks up. He sees this. Uh, he sees a woman clothed with the sun. That means she's like shining. She's all bright, and she has the moon under her feet, and on her head are a crown of twelve stars. I mean, who could this be? Who is it symbolic of? Well, we think it's the, it's the nation of Israel. The twelve stars represents the 12 tribe of israel to go back to genesis 37 they're called stars it refers to the tribes as the different stars and so we see that there's this nation and he's he's giving us a big overview here's the nation of israel and then it says in verse 2 and she was with child and she cried out being in labor and in pain to give birth well who who is the child well the child is jesus christ I mean, think about it, that Jesus came from the nation of Israel. He's Jewish. And so the nation of Israel, basically the nation of Israel is the one that gave us the Messiah, gave us the Christ. When you think about it, I, I talk about this a lot, when, when you think about the nation of Israel, there are some people who will say things like, I don't like Jewish people. And I go, really, what about Jesus? You like him? Well, yeah, well, he's Jewish. I mean, what about the Jewish people? What did they give us? You know what they've given us? They've given us the Word of God and the Messiah. And they've been persecuted ever, always, always, because Satan is behind the persecution. You may say, why is the nation of Israel always persecuted? It's because Satan's behind it because he hates them. And he would do anything he could to destroy them. And he tried everything he could to destroy the Messiah before the Messiah ever came. And now, even after the Messiah's come, he'll do everything he can, especially even in the tribulation, to try to destroy them. And so she's with child. She's cried out in labor. And that baby is is the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And in Romans chapter 9, he is said to be the one that rules with a rod of iron. And we'll see. That means that when Jesus comes as the king, he's going to rule this world. and He's going to rule it in his power and in his greatness. And we'll see more about that in just a minute. So here we see the nation of Israel and the Messiah about to come into the world. And then look at what we see in verse 3. Then another sign appeared in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. And on his heads were seven diadems. Well, here's another thing. And there's another sign appears in heaven. And it says, what is it? Well, it's a dragon. A great red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, and on his heads were uh, seven dead. This Satan is who it is. I mean, think about it. It's the serpent. If you look down at verse 9, it says, And the great dragon was thrown down. He is called the serpent of old, the devil, and Satan. So the John wants to make sure we understand this who this is. This is Satan himself. This is a fallen angel. This is the angel that guarded the throne of God. This is the angel that said, I will be like the Most High. And God removed him from his power. This is who he is, and he's evil. He's more evil than you could imagine. I'm teaching a class on Wednesday nights called Angels and Demons, and we're we're going to look at that. In fact, this next week we're starting. We're going to start to look at the bad angels. We've been a lot uh time so far looking at the good angels. We're fixing to start looking at the bad angels. Well, this is the baddest of the bad right here, and it says another sign appeared in heaven: this this great red dragon. And he had seven heads, ten horns, and on his head were seven diadems. What, what does all that mean? What do you mean seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns? What we're going to find as we look through this, and it helps us put together, if you've ever studied the book of Daniel, and you saw, well, Daniel was told about the empires to come, and the very last one had t- uh, ten toes. That refers to the ten horns. We'll see it in just a second. But let me give you an idea. The seven heads show the seven great Gentile world empires. The book of Daniel told all about it. If you go to Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 and Daniel chapter 9, you will find how these empires fit together. So this shows the seven Gentile world empires. The ten horns refer to ten kings of the ten king federation. I told you that when the Antichrist signs a peace pact with the nation of Israel, there has been a ten king federation. Coming out of that ten king federation is three. Coming out of the three is one. That one is the Antichrist. We call he called the beast. We call him that. And so he controls or comes out of a ten king federation. That's called that's the ten horns. And in the book of Daniel, that's the ten toes in Daniel chapter two. We'll see how they did but by the way, just to understand, the book of Daniel and the Book of Revelation go together. And if you if you ought to be looking back at Daniel, and I'll try to bring some things up, but it's all it all fits together perfectly. So here is this 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 beast. And it says that he has seven horns, uh, excuse me, seven heads, ten horns, and seven diadems. Well, who are these seven Gentile world empires? Who are they? Well, they are. These are the seven Gentile world empires that have existed. There Egypt, Assyria, Babylon. Persia, -Persia, Medo-Persia, Greco-Macedonians, the Romans, and there will be one to come. Hadn't happened yet. It's called the Revised Roman Empire. That's the Ten King Federation. You understand, there was Egypt, and then Assyria came along, Babylon conquered uh, Assyria, Medo-Persians conquered the Babylonians, the Greco-Macedonians conquered the Persians, and the Romans conquered the Greeks. Nobody actually conquered the Romans. The Romans fell from within. They just fell. And that's why this last... Uh, world empire is, we often call it the revised Roman empire because where the Roman empire existed, these 10 King, what we think these 10 King federation is going to be raised up from the revised Roman empire and the antichrist is going to come out of there. And so that's how we think it all fits together. And that's the best we can see. And so this, this beast, there he is. uh, He has, uh, that's the seven Gentile world empires. Now, if you look at this, it says has seven heads, 10 horns and seven Items. Well, how do we know exactly? Well, I want you to turn, hold your place, and turn to Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17. And we're going to see a little bit different, a little bit way to look at it, but we're going to see something else. Revelation chapter 17. I hope you're there. And Revelation and chapter, uh, Revelation chapter 17 verse 3 says this. John said this. I, he would carried me away. He was carried away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. The scarlet beast is the devil full of blasphemous names having what? Seven heads. And ten horns. I mean, it's the same thing. We're going to see more of it. Seven heads and ten horns. And you could ask, raise the question. And you could say, well, how do we know that the seven heads are these seven empires? And how do we know that the the ten horns are these ten kings and the ten king federation? Well, just turn to verse 9. Look at verse 9. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Well, what are these mountains? Well, it goes on and tells you. And they are seven kings. There they are, the seven kingdoms. Five have fallen. One is, and the other has not yet come. And then when he comes, he must remain a little while. And so he says this about these kingdoms. Now, I want you to look at this. When John is writing this, God tells him, five of those kingdoms have fallen. One is, that's Rome, and one is yet to come. I want you to think about it. Five have fallen. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medio Persian, Greco Macedonian. One is, when John wrote this, the Roman Empire was in existence, and he says, and one ...is yet to come. That's the one coming. That's the revised Roman Empire. That's the ten toes. That's the ten horns. That's going to be the ten king federation that the Antichrist comes out of. Look down at verse 12. Look what he says. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but they received the authority as kings with the beast... For one hour, these ten kings come together with the Antichrist for, and the one hour means a short time, and then the Antichrist Takes over. So we're seeing that how it fits together. I'll do the best I can in the weeks to come to keep getting you some more charts and things to help you help put this together. So turn back to Revelation chapter twelve and look again at verse three. I saw this sign another sign in heaven, a great dragon, that's Satan, having seven heads, that's the seven Gentile world empires, ten horns, that's the ten king federation, and on his head were seven diadems, which means they all have they have power. And so what happens when he sees this? Look at verse. verse Verse 4. And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she gave birth, he might devour the child. Now, here's what we find out. It says the dragon swept a, a third with his tail, a third of the stars. Now, throughout history. Everyone who really studies prophecy says that most people believe that where it says the dragon's tail took a third of the stars, most believe that that means the dragon, Satan, took a third of the angels with him when he fell. We all know that he was guarding the throne, God removed him from the throne, and he left, he had to leave, and most believe that he took a third of the angels with him, which we have called demons, and if you want to know more of my study, look at that study on Wednesday nights, we're talking about that, and so a lot of people think that a third of the the angels went with Satan and we call them demons. Now, you might say, I wonder how many there are. Well, we already know from the Bible that it says there are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of angels. There are. We don't have any idea how many there are. And and we already have seen that in the book of Revelation when we looked at the seven trumpet judgments, the hole opens up in the earth and these beings come out, which are demons, and they look like locusts. And then at the same time, the tigris the Euphrates River dries up and 200 million demons come across the river. And so there's 200 million of those and no telling how many of these, no telling how many a third of the angels is. That means no telling how many angels there actually are. They are everywhere. And and uh, so w- when he says a third of the stars were taken down, most believe that it means a third of the of the angels went with Satan. Now, notice what his plan is. Notice. And his tail swept away a third of the stars and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she gave birth, he might devour the child. The devil wanted to kill the Messiah. This goes all the way back. To the conflict beginning in, at, at the garden, the seed of woman will crush the head of the serpent. The seed of the woman is the Messiah. The seed of the serpent is the devil uh, and Satan. And so there's always been the conflict. And Satan has always wanted to do everything he could to destroy Either Israel or the Messiah somehow. And think about this. The devil has throughout history persecuted the Messiah. You go all the way back to the time of the flood. You go all the way back to the time of Egypt. What happened in Egypt? They decided they would kill every boy, every Jewish boy. Well, if you kill every Jewish boy, there's no way for the Messiah to come. And then you get a little further up. and You get to the time of Esther. What did Haman want to do? Haman said, I'm going to kill every Jew in the kingdom. I'm going to kill every one of them so there'd be no Messiah. You get to the time that Jesus birthed. And what did Herod decide to do? He found out that the Messiah, the baby had been born, was about two years old and under. He sent people in and and he killed every boy baby in that region, two years old and under. And God had warned Joseph and Mary and they got Jesus out so he wouldn't be killed. Satan has always tried to stop. Jesus and stop the nation of Israel you look at Hitler what did he do he wanted to systematically destroy every Jewish person and let me tell you behind all of that is satanic influence and listen there are nations out there right today that will tell you their goal is to destroy the nation of Israel it's always that way and you say well why Why? Why do they hate the Jews so much because through the Jewish people we have the word of God and we have the Messiah They are God's chosen people for his service. And so here we see this dragon. He's ready that when that baby is born, he thinks he's going to destroy the Messiah. He doesn't. He can't. He can't win. Like I said, I think I said it in the first service. If you get to the back of the book, we win. You know, we win. He's not going to win. And he didn't destroy the Messiah. And look what happened. And she gave birth to a son, verse 5, a male child who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Now, what he does in that verse is gives gives us a quick history of Jesus the Messiah, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. We see him come and we see him go back to the Father. That's exactly what Jesus did. He left the glories of heaven, came to the earth, had his ministry, died on the cross, paid for sin, rose again, sent it back to the Father. Satan can't touch him. He wanted to, but he can't. He would love to destroy him. He can't. And so Jesus... The Messiah will rule the nations with a rod of iron. We talked about this last week, so I'm going to go through it real fast. But if you look at Psalm chapter 2, it talks about the Messiah coming, ruling with a rod of iron. And he's installed, uh, That God says, I install my king, the son. He will inherit the nations and he will rule with a rod of iron. I always say this, that when Jesus Christ came the first time, he asked to be the Messiah. He asked them to believe in him. And they rejected him. When he comes the second time, he's not asking anybody anything. He's coming as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's setting up his kingdom. And so the devil has always tried to destroy the Messiah. And it doesn't happen. He's gone. Now let me just tell you something. As you get to verse 6, it talks about Israel fleeing. He never mentions the church in the book of Revelation because the book of Revelation doesn't talk about the church except in the first three chapters, basically. And he's not talking about it because in the tribulation, the church is not there. And so he skips over us. He talks about Jesus going back to the father, caught up with the father. And and, and by the way, when he when he said Jesus sends into heaven, and where is he? What's he doing? Look at this right here. I love it. A writer of Hebrews says, now the main point and what we've been saying is this. We have such a high priest as Jesus who has taken his seat where? At the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of the father right now, waiting for time for him to come. He's going to come get us first, and then he's coming a second time to the earth as the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. So it's it's just beautiful. It's, it's amazing and it's beautiful. So what's going to happen? And so we're going to see the woman. Verse 6 says, the woman fled into the wilderness. So I want you to understand that in the first three and a half years, there's peace, war, famine, and death. And in the last three and a half years, there's going to be war and suffering, persecution, and judgments. And uh, that's that final three and a half years. And so the Antichrist, in the final three and a half years, it says, the woman fled. That means the nation of Israel flees. It says, they fled, now you, you need to look at it in detail. It says, the woman fled into the wilderness, that's Israel, where she had, look at this, a place prepared by God so that she would be nourished for how long? 1,260 days. That's three and a half years, by the way. So she flees, and the Antichrist puts up an idol in the temple, claims to be God, and then goes after Israel. And if you look in Matthew 24 and 25, it says the nation of Israel to flee to the mountains. Do you know that we know where they're going to go? Isaiah chapter 16, verses 1 and 2 says there's a place called Selah, are Petra, and they're to flee there and be protected. And this says here that he has a place to protect them for 1,260 days. That's the last three and a half years of the tribulation. If you ever saw one of those uh, Indiana Jones movies where they're going after the Holy Grail, they actually filmed that in the place called Sila, or Petra. That's where the Jewish people will flee when the Antichrist puts his idol up in the temple. So, and I've been there. It's inside of a mountain. Sometimes the places are get this narrow that you go through, and then you come out into this open place. And it's got that it's a city carved in the walls of the of the mountain. God is going to protect His people there in the last part of the tribulation. That's what he's going to do. That's what it says. So she's fleeing for 1,260 days. I want you to understand that's three and a half years. That's 42 months. That's a time, times, and a half a time. That's the last part of the tribulation. I want you to look at verses 13 and 14 in chapter 12. Look what he says. When the dragon saw that she, he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. The woman is Israel. But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so she could fly into the wilderness to her place Where she was nourished for how long? A time, times, and half a time. A time is a year, times is two years, half a time is a half a year. That's three and a half years from the presence of the serpent. When we get over to that passage, we'll talk about the two wings of the great eagle and exactly where that place is. And I'll probably have a picture of Petra for you so you can see what it looks like. They're running for their lives. Well, we switch because God protects them. Here's the Israel. Here's the birth of the Messiah. He's up in heaven. Now it's the tribulation. Antichrist puts his idol up in the temple, claims to be God. He's going to go after the the Jewish people. They're running for their lives. That's why when you read that passage in Matthew, when it says, when you see the abomination, desolation, don't go back in the house. Run for your life. It's not talking about us. We we are with Jesus. And it's not talking about just regular Christians. It's talking about Jewish believers run for your life. That's what's going to happen. So let's quickly look at uh, the war. The war, let's say God delivers his people. Okay, let's look at the war in heaven. Look at verses 7 and 8. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels, that's the archangel Michael, and his angels were waging war with the dragon. That's Satan. The dragon and his angels waged war and they were not strong enough and there was no longer a place found for them. They get cast out. Satan, they, they lose Michael wages war with the dragon, with the devil, and Satan is cast out of heaven. Says there's no place found for him. Now, let me just tell you something. The best we can understand is up to up to this particular time in history, which is in the future, Satan has the opportunity to go into the the throne of God. He can go up. If you read the book of Job, Satan came and accused Job before God. The Bible tells us that Satan accuses us before God. And let me just tell you something. God knows all about this. Satan can go and let me tell you what he could say. He could say, JB is a horrible man. He's a sinful man. He has bad thoughts. He does th- He's just evil. And guess what? Satan's right. I'm an evil person. But when Jesus is there and he's my advocate and he stands up and he says, sit down and get out of here. I've already paid for all his sins. Get out. And that's what he does. And that's what he does for every one of you. Because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Satan can accuse us. because He's the accuser of the brethren. That's us. And yet we have an advocate. First John says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So he is an accuser. Satan comes to the earth in great anger to make war on the nation of Israel. He's the accuser. The dragon is thrown down, and he's the accuser, the slanderer, all of those things. And and verse nine, if you if you look at it, it says the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who's called the devil and Satan. He deceives the whole world. He was thrown down, and his angels with him. And let me tell you what he does. He accuses us. I just what I just mentioned a while ago. That's his plan. But let me tell you his why. You know what his why is. This is his most famous lie. If you do good, God will love you. You can't do good. God already loves you. Let me ask you something. Where in the whole world do you hear people always say you got to be good to go to heaven and you got to try to keep the Ten Commandments? You got to do this. You got to do this. Where did that come from? It never came from the Bible. The Bible never says that you do good works for salvation. The Bible always says it's by faith going all the way back to Adam and Eve, to Abraham, to David, all the way up. Salvation has always been by grace through faith. Anytime somebody has a works for salvation, when they say you need to do this and this and this, that is a lie of the devil. That's where it's coming from. And that's what he says. Try to live a good life and you'll get to God. That's a lie. You can't live a good life. God already loves you. And that's what he's doing. He's coming to deceive the world. And at this point in time, when I think this all happens, when the Antichrist puts his idol up in the temple, I think this is how it comes. And so he says, it says, now I heard this loud voice and that salvation and power and the kingdom and authority of Christ have come for the accuser of the brother has been thrown down who accuses us night and day. And then it says, and they, they overcome. How are they going to overcome? There's this voice in heaven, salvation, power, kingdom, authority. It's because it, he's been cast down. And then notice this next verse. It's beautiful. How do you gain victory? victory over satan notice it says and they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony and they did not love their life even when faced with death how do you overcome the blood of the lamb jesus died and rose again you believe in him the word of testimony you live by the scripture and you take your life and say lord i want my life to count for you i will do whatever you want me to do i want to live for you and that may mean you die in the tribulation time period people who stood for christ were killed They didn't take the mark of the beast. They were killed. And this is what it's talking about. And so finally, let's get to the end there. Notice that uh, he says, For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in the heaven. There's joy in heaven, but... Well, notice. But woe to the earth... And the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath. His time, he knows he only has a short time. Woe. So it's rejoice in heaven because Satan's out of there. But woe to the earth because he's coming and he knows his time is short. He only has three and a half years. That's what he's going to do. And that last three and a half years of the tribulation, Antichrist puts his idol up in the temple, claims to be God, puts the mark of the beast, kills anybody that doesn't, doesn't follow Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that doesn't take the mark. He kills everybody that follows Jesus Christ. And then it's a terrible thing. And that's why we don't want people there. We want people to believe in Jesus and be taken off with us. So we've seen the war on the earth and the war in heaven. We'll see more next week as we go through this. Uh, there's some powerful things. Let me quickly give you some applications that let's understand that those connected with Jesus Christ will be persecuted. That's true. That's us. Satan accuses us before God. We're sinners. He says you're sinners and you're not worthy to be used by God. And that's true. He's a liar, but it's true. But we have in First John 2, 1 and 2, he is our advocate, our defense attorney. He's already made the payment. We don't have to think about that. He tells unbelievers that if you do good, God will love you. But man's righteousness is filthy rags. You can't, rags, you can't do good. So understand anyone connected with Jesus Christ. Right now, you stand for Christ, you're going to be persecuted. In the tribulation, you stand for Christ, you're going to be killed. And if you're Jewish, you're running for your life. Let's understand how do we gain victory over Satan, the blood of the lamb. You believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. You get the word of the testimony. You live by the scripture and you give your life and service. And you say, I want to live for Christ. I want to make an impact for him. And then finally, let's understand that Jesus is going to rule the world. This is really good news. One of these days, it won't be like this. It's a fallen world. The culture has fallen, the world system has fallen, and the people are fallen. And one of these days, Jesus is coming as the king. It's going to be a whole lot better. In fact, this is us, rapture, tribulation, Jesus comes back. And he rules for a thousand years on this earth, this earth. There's a great white throne judgment. We'll talk about that sometime. And then into eternity, Jesus Christ rules. And we should all be happy about that.